Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 13th of December 2020. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week, Paul spoke on Christmas wisdom, the story of the wise men, and the reading is Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. So we'll join Paul as he's introducing the service. Good morning and welcome to Minehead Baptist Church if you're here in person or if you've joined us online. Um, If you have uh, literally just got the notification to join us online, evidently we were having some problems. I'm not quite sure what they were, but I knew they were about where we're pointing our signal. Um, And any of you know how good I am at technology, you'll know that's as good as it gets. So so bless you, welcome, lovely to see you online and lovely to have you here in person. There are some notices for the week. Just to let you know, uh, you should have received a notice sheet and a song sheet from us if you're online. If you didn't and you want one, can you let us know in the church office or let me know on my own email, paul at minehead-baptist.com, and we'll sort that out for you. The notice for the week, um, just a couple of additions, just to let you know, tonight we have our Christmas Cafe Church at six o'clock, a very kind of different cafe church because you'll see that it involves the three wise men. That is to say, myself, Richard and Mark, which means there's not going to be a lot of wisdom on display, but you get my drift, don't you? (laughs) Thank you very much for that. In case you didn't hear that online, and I better let you know what was going on, Lorraine just, well, she voiced three wise men monkeys i'm not quite sure i'll leave you to determine unfortunately james can't join us this evening but he's given us access to all his materials so hopefully that means if you ask us a christmasy question even the non-christian christmasy question if we don't know the answer we know a man that runs a website that does if you see what i mean tonight six o'clock streaming via our facebook page This coming Wednesday, the 16th, we have some worship led in the church by Vinesong. Those of you that were around in the summer will know what a glorious time that was of worship. But they're here this Wednesday. You need to book your space with the office. If you don't book and you come, if we're uh, we're too full, you'll, you'll be asked to hear this in the lobby and or in the hall via a link, a live stream link. And you'll see in the notices that they're going to be, this is going to be live streamed, not on our Facebook page, but via a link, a YouTube link, which means it will go, it's going to go around the world, actually, on Wednesday. So if you want that link and you want to know how or it's confusing you, let us know. But the, the link is on our notices and we'll make sure it's on our Facebook page as well. And then lastly but not least, there are just a couple of notices about Christmas it's, it's only a number of days now till Christmas. On Christmas Day, a group of us are planning to get together to do a Christmas lunch here. Not that we can share it, but that we want to bless our community and do a kind of takeaway delivery Christmas lunch service for the lonely and those that, that literally could just do with five minutes of conversation with someone on that day. If you know of anyone that might benefit from that, can you let me or the office know? Otherwise, if we don't have anyone, then there's going to be a lot of cold turkey for me on Boxing Day. But we just want to bless our community. So if out there or indeed in here you know of someone, please let us know. That's a takeaway or delivered kind of Christmas Day lunch for those in our community that just need some human contact or whom otherwise wouldn't cook themselves a Christmas meal. We'll cook it for them. And my, just to let everybody know, I'm not doing the cooking. Okay, but it'll, uh, will we cook it for them on Christmas Day? Lastly but not least, there are some services that we need to kind of let you know about. I'm going to ask Mark to come and join me. Um, can I ask you, for that Christmas services, can you book in, please? If you just turn up without booking in, the probability is, by the time we come to some of our Christmas services that will be too full, and therefore you too will be asked for your family, church family here, to join in via the hall. But if you book your space, we'll know how many are coming. So please make sure you book in your space. And talking about booking in spaces, Mark's going to come and talk about the nativity service. The knee's gone. Oh, it's no good. Right, the nativity service. Um, 
There might be a little bit of confusion, but I want to say a massive thank you to the families who have already booked in. And it's really important because on the 20th, which is next Sunday, we're going to have a live nativity service from here, but it's going to be live streamed to the hub. And as a family, you can come to either one. Right? Um, but also, if, you've, if you want to come as we are now, you are also welcome to come here, but you'll, everyone needs to book into the office for a place. Places are going to be very scarce, so you need to book in. As a family, you need to book in because you won't get a present. Okay, and it's, it's just the, the boxes are going to come very carefully sorted out for individual families. So if you've got three children, there will be three sets of everything in a box ready for that nativity. Okay, that's going to take a little bit of working out. So please, please, please book in before Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I can start wrapping. Okay, which will be lovely. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fibbing a little bit because Margaret's already wrapped most of it, all right, if I'm honest. But we've got to put them into the boxes and actually get them all together. We really want to see our families here. We want to see our families back into church and back at the hub and worshipping together. But for that to work really well for that service, we need you to book in, please, families. Okay, and then we know who's here and whether you'll get a present. If you just turn up, there is a possibility you might get a present, but you might not get the one that links with what's going on in the service. Okay, and it would be a bit of a shame. Okay, so that's one for next week. So please come, but please, please sign into the office. That's absolutely vital for next Sunday. Okay, look forward to seeing you all. The next Sunday evening, we're going to do a carol service with a bit of a difference in these COVID times. We're going to kind of do a bit of songs of praise style carol service with testimony and story and worship together. And the way we're planning to do this is to pre-record everything so you can come here and listen to the kind of premiere. That's a posh word, isn't it? The premiere of this on, on our screen at exactly the same time as we live stream on Facebook and because we would have already made sure this is possible, those who normally listen by way of CD have got the same, the CD with it on as well. So next Sunday, our plan is to pull everyone together Sunday evening. No matter how you interact with us, the opportunity will be there at six o'clock to worship with us. We have two other services, three other services, sorry, over the Christmas period to remind you the Christmas Eve communion, which will be live streamed from here. It's at 11.30 on Christmas Eve, 11.30 p.m., in case you wonder, okay? And then, for the hardy, uh, if once you've been to Midnight Communion, you've joined with us wherever you are, we have our 10 o'clock Christmas Day family worship. Really important you book in for both of those two, if you can. And then, on the 27th, a bit of pre-warning, we're going to pre-record our service. There will be no service here We'll pre-record it and put it out. And that's because, quite frankly, everyone needs a rest. And I've got to tell you, by the time we come there, I, Mark, Millie, Richard will be frazzled. So, so can we, just to remind you, the 27th, we're live streaming at our service. It is good to come together, friends, and worship Almighty God. Micah reminds us, when we come to worship, what we should bring before our Lord. He starts off in verse 6 with, What shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? And he goes through a list of what he might offer. And then he asks himself the question, And what does the Lord require of you? This is what he says and how we should worship our Lord. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That, according to Micah, is worship. And we're going to come and do that this morning. Richard's going to come and lead us. Lorraine and I are going to attempt, because we can bubble together, to light the Advent candle. Good morning. Good morning. We come to the third week of Advent somehow. Who knows how that has happened. But we remind ourselves of the need or, uh, for wisdom and courage. And we'll pray for Paul and Lorraine as well. So shall we pray? 
Father, we thank you for this reminder of the things that we need in life. And this morning, Lord, as we light the third candle, we pray that you would clothe us in wisdom and courage. Lord, guide us and equip us, we pray. And we want to lift up our brother and sister Paul and Lorraine to you. Father, we thank you for the work that they do for you here in Minehead. And we pray, Lord, that as we come to this time of busyness, Lord, that they would find rest and that they would know what your will is for them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord with one of my favourite Advent songs. Um, We're going to join Steve and sing from the squalor of a borrowed stable. Almighty and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together wherever we are. Our Father, we come this morning and ask that you would still our hearts and minds and bring us together. And we want to pray, Lord, for those in our church we know who need our prayers, Lord. We know of people in hospital and awaiting tests. Lord, we pray for their healing, Lord, and we pray that you would comfort and guide them. Your hand would be around them and their loved ones and those who are worried about them. Father, we also pray for those who are going to find this Christmas tough. For whatever reason it might be, whether financial or from grief. Lords, we just pray that you would be with them. Comfort them, Lords, whether they know you or not. And help us, Lord, to encourage and comfort one another. And Father, we want to thank you as well for the wonderful news of a vaccine starting to be rolled out, Lord. We pray that all the things involved in that go smoothly. Father, we pray that we would be a light for your kingdom this Christmas, Lord. We, as your church, would be seen as something different. Fill us with your spirit, we pray, Lord. Equip us to be messengers for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now it's not Mark this week, it's another M. It's Millie to come and talk to us. Good morning, good morning. Now, I am getting incredibly excited and I'm talking to all of you here and to, of course, our children and young people at home as well. It's the third Sunday of Advent, which means Christmas is getting incredibly close. But I wonder this morning, what are some of our favourite things about Christmas? Food, for some, it may well be Christmas pudding. My mum's going to be well surprised this morning when she comes downstairs to find that half of our stuff is missing. (laughs) For others, it may be the joy of receiving a Christmas card and placing them around the home. 
for others. For others, it may well be the giving of presents. For others, it may be decorating the house with Christmas decorations and getting it all festive. Or, of course, helping mum and dad do the tree. Although, as my nan reminds us every year when we put our tree up, that it used to be a Christmas Eve tradition for parents and their children would come down to a wonderfully decorated house. Or it could well be Christmas crackers and placing them on the dinner table and sitting with family and or indeed friends. But I wonder for some of you if the joy of unwrapping a gift is better than the joy of receiving a gift. No, sorry, I've said that wrong. I wonder if watching someone unwrap a gift is better than receiving a gift, especially if you know that you've managed to find something and given a gift to somebody that you love and hold dear that they really want. And... That was true within the book of Matthew as well. There were three wise men, and thankfully not the three that will be leading our cafe church, that went looking for something. And they went looking for Jesus following, by following a star. And we don't know a huge amount about these wise men but we do know that they understood that Jesus was worthy of their finest gifts. And they brought him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. These were very special gifts and they showed their love and honour for Jesus. And although we all celebrate Christmas and we all give gifts to our loved ones and we eat Christmas pudding and pull crackers and decorate our homes we aren't able to give wrapped gifts to Jesus the way that we give them to our loved ones but there are ways that we can give gifts to Jesus and I wonder if you can think about any of the ways that we're able to give gifts to Jesus. Yeah, prayers is a good one. So we are able to give gifts when we serve within his church, when we praise him and pray to him for all that he does when we help those in need we are giving a gift to Jesus because he loves us to be helping those that need help we may not think of ourselves as very wealthy or of having a lot of money or being able to give anything as special to Jesus as the gifts of the wise men but Jesus is worthy of every gift we could possibly give him, whether it's big or small. And as you celebrate Christmas this season, and as you continue to go through Advent, I hope you'll remember to give something to Jesus to show him how much he means to you, as this season is all about him and celebrating his birth. So whilst I hope you enjoy receiving and giving presents and cards and having your house decorated with lots of warm lights and enjoying Christmas pudding 
and the celebration of the Christmas dinner table, however that may look this morning. Remember Jesus is the reason we're celebrating. Remember to show him your love and give your gift to him. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you for the reminder of the wise men. We thank you for the gifts they brought to Jesus. Father, help us to realise our importance and the gifts that we can give to you. Help us to recommit ourselves to you this Advent and this Christmas. Bless us as we continue to serve you in all that we do. Help us to celebrate with you at the heart of our celebrations. In your wonderful and precious name. Amen. Thank you, Millie. The only disappointment there, I would say, is that the present wasn't for me. But, but apart from that, oh, it's over there. Thank you, thank you, Millie, for that reminder of us, for us, of the amazing way we should come with our gifting before our Lord. We're going to sing a song that, actually, I promised you last week online that, uh, that we would sing this week, Light of the World. And we believe, praise God, that we've cracked all our technical problems with it. But we will see, okay? Nonetheless, even if this stops, we're going to continue worshipping God. I invite you, friends, to worship with me what has become a kind of modern-day Advent hymn, Light of the World. morning's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2 starting to read at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's just pray for Paul as he comes and brings God's word. Lord, we thank you. For your Bible. We thank you for the word that you've wrote down. And Lord, we thank you for the words that Paul's going to bring to us this morning. We pray to him, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to pour down your spirit upon him and speak through him things you want us to hear this morning. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for the prayer. Um, so, uh, those of you that are at home, I guess you'll know that there's significance in the fact that three of these four candles are lit and just one remains unlit. It is because there is only one more Sunday between now and Christmas, which for those of us that have done not a lot of preparation in the home at the moment, it kind of makes you think and wonder, doesn't it, really? 
But we have these three candles lit. And as we've gone through Advent this year, we've said about clothing ourselves in something. So we started off two weeks ago saying we clothe ourselves this Advent in compassion, part of our preparation. And then we said last week, this Advent we'll, we'll ask if, uh, we'll prepare ourselves rather, sorry, by closing ourselves in hope. And this week, I dare to ask, dear church, you to think about clothing yourself in wisdom and in courage. Part of the way we can prepare this year for this coming of a king. In many ways, lest we forget, this journey that the Magi took was outrageous. It's an outrageous journey to make. When it began, if you and I had been there, I wondered if we wouldn't have considered it to be unwise. An unwise journey. Because, you see, it all begins with a star, doesn't it? A star in the sky. Now, what sort of star it was, and what sort of astronomical phenomenon it was, no one knows. But lest we forget, that's not the important thing about this story. But what we do know is that whatever was happening, it was so different from the norm that it attracted these magi. It was a journey of its time, and yet it speaks to us in 21st century Minehead, in 21st century England. Because it is a journey that speaks of wisdom and courage. And if we're not careful, we get so wrapped up in the story of Christmas, in following a kind of timeline, so to speak, that we can miss the impact that it had, and indeed has, today. Some of you, I think, will probably be saying, surely the story of the Magi belongs after Christmas Day, doesn't it? Not during Advent. Well, bringing it into Advent does, I suggest, put a new perspective on it. This is a story of preparation, of wisdom, and of courage. And at this Advent time, in this season when lockdown is still happening, when in some way, shape, or form, when we have a tiered system in our country, when somehow the virus figures, despite that, seem to be going up, Maybe more than ever before, what we need is wisdom and courage. Wise, not just in how we respond over Advent and the Christmas period to the virus, being mindful of others around us, but also courage. Courage that means you and I declare to each other here and online today, to our town, our community where we live, to the nation and to the world, that this Advent, we are reminded that our Lord is coming again. Courage to declare that reality and to live in that reality. So these Magi, whoever they were, follow a star, their journey begins. Now we don't know whether they were all together in one place or they came from separate places, with every apology to Millie, tradition may tell us how many there were, but we're superimposing tradition on scripture when we say there were just three. Because all we know is that the word major is plural. So we know there was more than one. Incidentally, we think there are three because there are three gifts, correct? And it's a bit un-British to go to the birth of a child without a gift. But it doesn't mean there were three. In fact, the actual numbers are known. There could have been two or ten. And frankly, who knows? With every apology to Lorraine, who did the camel drawing during our um, nativity, uh, activity for youngsters, there isn't a mention of a camel or indeed any form of transportation. There's no mention of names, although we ascribe three names to them in our Western tradition. But other traditions around the globe, such as the Syrian tradition, give other names to them. Indeed, the Syrian tradition gives you more than three names. What we do know is they came from the east. From the east. And that is all we need to know. 
And rather than be a people this morning that concentrate on the detail and the incidentals about their number and their journey, if we're not careful, we do that and we lose something. We lose the fact that their journey challenges us. Because there is only one way that their journey can be considered to be wise. And that is if they're called on a journey by God himself. It's the only way their story becomes one of wisdom. And that means their story is one of faith. Faith in action. And faith in action requires wisdom and courage. They see a sign from God, a signpost, if you like, and they acted. How many times in your life, in my life, have we seen a sign from God and simply ignored it? Or, I wonder, not even seen the sign at all. Okay, the story begins, seeing a sign from God, and they responded. And unlike today, it wouldn't be a five-minute job to pack the suitcase. I'm sure you are all so more organised than me, but I have lost count the number of times I have been up at 3.30 in the morning, catching a plane somewhere at 5.30, and almost begging Lorraine to let me know what I have done with my clothes that I've somehow lost packing my suitcase. That, that wouldn't have been the case here. Because preparation will take time. And when they start out, it's an unknown journey to an unknown destination. But that's okay. Because from their perspective, they trust God to know where to take them, where to lead them. And they trusted him that the journey would take as long as it needed. And if we're being honest, we're not very good at that, are we? Either personally or together. If God simply asks us to go where he leads, without telling us where we're going, our response can often be summed up in very simple words. I need to know where, why, and how long. Now imagine if the Magi had been like that. Imagine. Imagine if I'd have been there. I'd have maybe said something like this. I can't go. I can't go unless you tell me how long I'll be away. I can't go unless you tell me where we're going or what the purpose is. Or, And I can't go because of dot, 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 dot. Please fill your own excuse in here. I probably would have gone had I known what the outcome of the journey would have been, where it would lead to. But I don't think I would have necessarily gone without being sure about what was happening and where I was going. Following God or waiting on God requires wisdom and courage. Week by week, we have declared in this place, and I will declare it again today, that God is still God. God is still in control. And to simply wait and rely on him takes wisdom to know that truth and courage to let go of our insecurities. That's why this is a challenge in Advent as we prepare ourselves for Christmas. The challenge is to simply rely on God and let go of our insecurities. One lesson the Magi demonstrate is that the greatest wisdom, the greatest rewards of faith, come when we simply let go and let God, and he leads. He knows where, he knows why, he knows how long for. And that leads us to another fact that can often be overlooked in these stories. The Magi were Gentiles. The Jews expected a Messiah who would free them from Roman occupation. It was the number one kind of requirement they had for anyone that claimed to be the Messiah. Jesus was different to that image of the messiahs that they had, that which was in their mind. They believed the messiah was simply someone who would liberate them, restore the nation and their relationship with God. But God's plans are bigger. God has huge plans. Do the one thing that will limit this church going where God wants this church to go is when we limit God. And we take his huge plans and we squeeze them down into something we think we can manage. God had huge plans for these magi 
and he has huge plans for you and me too. The Jewish shepherds went and they worshipped and then the Gentile Magi. This is a Messiah, not just the Jewish Messiah and not just the Jewish Saviour, but a Saviour of the world. Now Matthew 2.11, thank you for the reading Mark, says that when they arrived they saw the child with his mother. There is no mention of him being a manger and Jesus is not referred to as a baby but rather as a child. Indeed, we read based on the calculations of the Magi coming to Herod, that Jesus was probably just a bit younger than two years of age. Again, no one really knows. But if Jesus was a toddler when the Magi arrived, then that would mean something. It would mean they'd be able to play with him and even talk with him. Maybe have a kind of rudimentary conversation. That timeline also means that the Magi were present, have arrived after Jesus has been presented to the temple. So before the arrival of Magi in Bethlehem, Jesus travelled to and from Jerusalem and was presented. It's the same temple in which, as we come to Easter week, Jesus would return and over the turn the money lenders tables. It's the same temple that his parents would go back to to find him there at the age of 12. And therefore, the story of the Magi says something profound to you and me about how we worship God. Now, in our nativity play next week, I, I guess somehow we'll mention the gifts. The gifts have meaning. And Mary and Joseph must have been perplexed about this because it seems to be the first indication, in one sense, that there's a uniqueness about Jesus. And if these timelines are correct then the gifts are received after Mary and Joseph have heard these words from Luke chapter 2. This is what happens when they present the child to the temple. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, Matthew writes. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And it's with that in her mind that these magi arrive. So they arrive and they give these gifts, however many of them there were, and these powerful, rich, intelligent human beings got down on their knees and worshipped Jesus. That's a ridiculous, crazy thing to do, isn't it? Unless the child is different. Unless the child mattered. For here was a child, friends, that lest we forget was born to die. Here was a child that was born to pay the cost to defeat death and defeat sin once and for all for you and me. Here was a child that was born to become the first to rise again from the dead. And here was a child born to come again one day in glory, as we're reminded in the Advent season. A baby born, a child growing to pay the cost. And we've just sung a song that says we'll never know how much it cost. That child, that toddler paid the price. And if that's true, then the question this morning is, does the child matter to you? Because if the answer is yes, then worshipping that child isn't ridiculous, but liberating. It isn't ridiculous, but logical. It isn't ridiculous, but actually and frankly the right thing to do. If Jesus is the Christ, then the right response is to copy the Magi, to worship him. And based upon that, we, and based upon what we know of the Magi, we too must come and worship Jesus as they did. So just to remind you how they worshipped, and to challenge you this Advent season as you prepare for Christmas and the reality of celebrating Christ's birth, 
This is what worship meant to the Magi and what I want to propose it should mean to you. Worship means giving up our time for Jesus, just as they did. Worship means putting ourselves out for Jesus, seeking for more knowledge about him, giving Jesus the very best we have to offer, just as they did. Worship means letting Jesus shape how we use our days, our minds, our wallets, just as they did. Worship means putting Jesus at the centre of our lives, just as they did. And worship, crucially, means accepting that Jesus is our Christ, our ruler, just as they did. And if this Advent season we let Jesus shape our worship that way, we will have prepared well for Christmas. As they bowed in worship, the journey was over. It was ending. We might call it the ending of the old, and dare we say, because we can see what is to come, the beginning of something new, as they were told by God not to go back to Herod. We know the Magi were amazed as well. I'm sure, however that they told many people about what had happened. Can you imagine when they went home? I'll tell you what we found. Or more likely, I'll tell you who we found. I'm sure they would have told many people about their great adventures. This Advent, as we prepare for Christmas and for this coming year, whatever that will bring, let us also prepare for the reality of the child those Magi found. With hindsight, we can also say, prepare for the coming again of a conquering king, Jesus, who this time will not come as a child or a baby, but will come in glory, in victory. Now, we need wisdom, courage, and faith to follow him, to know where each journey has ended, and to go with him as he commands. As they pondered the reality of what had happened, perhaps they sat and thought about the child they'd found. I wonder if they came to the same conclusion I come to myself every single advent as I prepare myself for the coming of a king. It is this. And I'm sure it'll happen to me again as we go through this period of time. And indeed, on Christmas Day, as I ponder things, I'm left with this. The reality of the nativity is that Jesus Christ calls us to repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is near. It's a hard, we might say, hard-edged message. But I think it's the right one. And it's certainly what I think of every single Christmas. Friends, we have a lot to thank the Magi for. Because they demonstrated wisdom and courage and faith. As we prepare this Christmas for his coming again, their journey, their story challenges you and I in Advent. And so I simply want to leave you with this question before we pray. Will you too come Worship, repent, worship more, and follow this child as well. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for these stories around your, in, your son's incarnation, around his birth. We thank you for the story of the Magi for the challenge it has in this Advent season to clothe ourselves with the wisdom that comes from knowing you and following you, with the courage that comes from stepping out and simply going and doing what you say and being the people you have called us to be. We thank you that it challenges us 
to put you at the heart of our Advent Christmas preparations. And we thank you that their story is one of faith that reaches down throughout the centuries and across the globe and, what, and, and challenges us to declare to the world, this is our Lord. In these few moments of quiet, in your heart, I invite you to come once again before your living Lord to give him all of you, to bring yourself in repentance and to come before him and say, Lord, I give you my offering today. Father God, thank you that we can come and bring the reality of ourselves before you. Offer it, our, our hearts, our very beings in repentance. And as we do so, Lord, we thank you that there is a divine exchange, which means you take our act of repentance and you fill us with your grace and your spirit and your love and your peace. Because as we began the service with, that's what you require of us. To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with you. In Jesus' name we praise. Amen. Now one day Jesus will come again. And when he comes again, he's going to come again and there will be a celebration to end all celebrations. It'll be party time. You don't look that excited. <laughs> it will be party time. And we're going to remind ourselves in, that, in, our, in our acts of worship, we're going to end with this, with a song that kind of reminds us that as we prepare ourselves for Advent, we should never, for, for the coming of a baby, a child, at Christmas, we should never forget we're also preparing for that day when he comes back again and we worship him in spirit and truth, face to face. Friends, I invite you to sing in worship with me. Look to the skies. There's a celebration. Friends, you may have gathered that we're having a couple of technical issues here. If you can only hear my voice and you've got a blue screen, then, then that's no problem. If you can see me, then that's also fine. Um, it reminds me of the fact we're having these problems, that when we see our Lord face to face, guess what we won't need? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you know the reality of this is we will not need any more than just to be able to see him, to worship him. And I love that reality. I love the reality in scripture which suggests when we see him face to face, we're going to pour out our heart in worship. It's not as if we'll have to force it, you know. It, scripture reminds us that, that we'll just respond to him. Won't that be an amazing day? We've had many times here where worship has been expressed in many different ways. And we are going to try and res rescue that song. But I wonder, friends... If we just spend a few moments in worship of our Lord, as these guys set, set the techie, techie stuff out, reminding ourselves who he is. So I am going to invite you once again to pray with me, and let's worship our Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the reality of who you are. We thank you that you've given us your son, this child born, this toddler who, who was visited by the Magi, the, the, the sort of near teenager who was, was expanding who you are in the temple, the, the rabbi that came and lived in three short years of ministry, yet three years that impacted the world, stirred our hearts, made us know and love you. We thank you that that wasn't the end of the story, that in love he went to the cross and died. 
and became, Lord, sin on the cross in our place. The Lamb of God, given once and for all, for all. We thank you that that wasn't the end of the story, that the the Romans and the Pharisees put him in the grave thinking that was an end of it, but you are God and you are mighty. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you raised him up on the third day. We thank you for that truth, which means this morning we don't just come preparing ourselves for the incarnation of a baby, but we come preparing for the powerful coming again of a king. And scripture reminds us that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord on that day. We thank you that we can come and worship you in prayer and praise this morning. And we thank you that on that day we will be able to look to the skies to celebrate the the, the sort of coming together of the reality of eternity with you. Thank you, Lord. As we sing together, let us worship in spirit and in truth and celebrate your coming again. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we rest in that reality that one day our Saviour King will come. And Peter, at the end of his first letter, reminds us of that reality as he gives a blessing which is from my heart to your heart this Advent season. As he writes this, and they seem very at words in the midst of a pandemic. And the God of all grace who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power, and I would add, and the glory and the might and the authority forever and ever. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. And you can find out what's going on here at NBC over Christmas at minehead-baptist.com slash Christmas. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.